Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Colter, how you doing, my man? Great to see you. Fantastic Tuesday here. It's okay. You don't have to talk to us about the bowl games. They're irrelevant. Okay. I must say this, and you can try to remember it. Okay. I think that there's great merit in bowl games for teams that are actually good. I think that any football game that has ever been played on a Tuesday is stupid. Man, I and just I just I think that the, I think there's just like the, the the gross exploitation of college kids. So that fat old men can have something to do during the holidays I'm not is fat just yet. disgusting. No, it's not. And uh, on the other hand, though, bowls that are attached to certain finishes in certain leagues that give cross league, for example, comparison. For example, you you finish third in the SEC or third in the in the in the Big Ten, and you play in the Citrus Bowl. Yeah. I'm all into that. Okay. Give me Penn State versus Auburn or whatever all day. I, I just, if you're going to have the other side, let's have a, a G5 playoff. You don't want the SoFi Hawaii Bowl, Hawaii BYU? You're not into it? I mean, you can you can, you can can point out specific games. Where Louisiana Tech, Miami, Pitt, Eastern Michigan. Pete, Eastern Michigan in the quick lane bowl? That's dumb. Boom! You had me way more interested in BYU-Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, all right. Regardless, all I'm saying is it's not as if I completely hate bulls. I just hate the the prevalence and how many of them there are. I know, but the best, haven't we learned this yet? The best way to win an argument is to make a straw man and a caricature of your opponent and then crush him. So that's what I do to you. That's why you'll never win. Because I watch too much cable television to not know how to win every argument we ever have by hollowing out everything you've ever said. I mean, I, every argument you make is a referendum on yourself. 
It's your birthday. I can't be mean to you. So happy birthday, Ryan Tutel. You are not 40 yet. It is a miracle yeah. that you made it this far. Isn't it true? And you are the youngest, spirited, oldest bodied 39 year old I have ever met. I, I, uh, I, I take that as very high praise. I appreciate that. Four questions, Coulter. Can we do this? We can. We got quarterfinal football in the FCS, and two Montana schools, fully a, a fourth, a quarter of the quarterfinals are, uh, are, are state uh, universities from the University of Montana, or from Montana. Montana State, obviously, and the Grizzlies. Let's start with Montana Weber State. Here's the question Can Montana dominate Weber State twice? I think the wording of this question is very particular. I will start and I will say, first of all, if the questions are going to be formed with the word can using this modal language, the answer is always going to be yes. You could ask me almost anything that isn't a logical impossibility and I will say yes. I find it highly unlikely in the spirit of the question, being charitable to the question, I'm going to say no, that Montana dominates Weber State twice. Could they win this football game? Certainly. Bobby Houck said yesterday in his press conference how hard it is to beat a team twice in the same year. He's had that happen five times that he's played the same team twice in a given year. And I believe he's one and one in all five. Whether it was winning the first one and losing the second one or losing the first one and winning the second one, but he's never been 0-2 and he's never been 2-0. Quick historical reminder, Houck's first year as an assistant on Don Reed's staff in 1988, they beat Idaho and then lost to the Vandals. That was only the second time Montana had ever been to the playoffs. That playoff loss, Idaho was number one in the country. Mm. Smart move to move up after you were rolling like they were. Regardless, back in in, in Bobby Houck's first tenure as a head coach here in 2004, they lost in Huntsville, Texas to Sam Houston State and then beat Sam Houston in the semifinals of the FCS playoffs to go to the national championship game. In 2005, they beat Cal Poly during the regular season and then lost to Cal Poly in the first round of the playoffs. In 2008, they suffered their only league loss in a four-year span at Weber State, but then came back and beat Weber in the playoffs in Missoula. So it's the exact opposite scenario as we have now. Weber State lost to the Grizzlies in Missoula and now gets a revenge chance in Ogden, just as the Grizz lost to Weber State in Ogden and got a revenge chance. Right. In Missoula, and then the last one was when he was at San Diego State with Rocky Long, and they uh, they uh, lost to Wyoming in Laramie, and then beat Wyoming in Laramie two weeks later in the Mountain West Championship game. One thing I want to ask Jay Hill when when he's on at the end of the show today, it, it, and I didn't ask Bobby Houck this yesterday because I don't think it makes sense, and you already know what the answer is going to be when you ask him this, but. Is there added motivation to weep for Weber State because of the way the game went? And on one hand, maybe you want to say no if you're a head coach because it's the quarterfinals of the playoffs and this, you know, we always but but you said, I mean, when the brackets came out, what did Jay Hill say? We want Montana. I mean, he sat down at his press conference after getting his butt whipped in Missoula and he said exactly that. He said, There's no question, we got our butt whipped today. Hopefully things can work out so we can play this team again. We 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 fight and strive to cover everything objectively, but we still cover it from the angle of what most of our listeners want. We cover this from a Montana angle, a Montana State angle. Flip this, and let's cover it from the Weber State angle for a brief moment to answer this question. If you analyze this from the Weber State perspective, Weber State got their very first punt of the game blocked. Montana scored three plays later. The next punt gets rolled back. 
another special teams error. Boom, Montana's up 14-3. to Then Devin Cooley pulls his hamstring. Their top corner, he's out. All Rashid Shahid. Rashid Shahid. He's out after the first quarter. On down the line. Then all of a sudden you lose Justin Malone, Justin Malone, the tight end, to a ACL injury. He hasn't been back since. Well, in, in the post-game press conference, Jay Hill said, look, you don't make excuses. Whoever's got to play has got to play. But if you lose your five best players, it's going to have an effect. And look, I mean, I don't think that's crazy to say that. I don't think that's trying to, you know, imagine that, that, that you know, that, that somehow you're trying to find a way to not take ownership of the game. These are facts about things that happened. Would it have changed the outcome of the game the way that game went? Probably not. But it is real. I mean, you're missing your you're missing the best punt and kick returner in the country, totally. who's also your number one or two wide receiver, mm-hmm. your number one corner, and 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 then a bevy of other stars. It's what happens, and maybe part of that is because you weren't the aggressor. You weren't. You were. Sure. They were physically dominated in this sure. game. Look, man, the, the Shahid thing. His own guy rolled up on him. It happens. It wasn't because somebody made a great play. It's just wrong place, wrong time. That's football. But th- th- that game. Took its toll on Weber State a lot more than it did on Montana, and ultimately, just taken as a broad from a broad stripe. That's because Montana was the physically imposing dominant football team in that game. No doubt, Weber State also had never been down by more than seven points the entire season, and then they're down twenty-one-three. I think you're just staring at a deficit that you don't really know how to handle. So yep. to answer this question, can Montana dominate Weber State twice? I do believe that they can. Because I think that Montana's style is the is the kryptonite for Weber State style. Montana doesn't have to stop, stack the box to stop the run. I know that naysayers will say, well, what about at Montana State? Montana State's gap scheme run game is way different than Weber State's. They basically just run zone. I should say just zone. Zone is one of the most successful ways of blocking the run. But Montana just matches up better against it. They can stuff the run just as they did. And... The whole game plan to beat Weaver State is to make Jake Constantine beat you. And with the pressure that, that Montana brings, they can just make Constantine melt down. Now, that said, the other thing that is sort of negated is that Weaver State has not one, not two, not three, but four all-league defensive linemen, including three guys who got first team or second team. If you count the last two years, all four of these dudes were first-team guys at one point or another. I mean, George Tarlis did not start a game this year, and he leads their team with nine-and-a-half sacks. Mm-hmm. So that's how prolific their DNs are, as well as their inside guys, too. That was negated because they were up so big. And so Montana, even with a little bit of a hobble, Dalton Sneed was able to run the ball a little bit more. They, the pass rush wasn't as big of a factor. So to me, so much about this game on Saturday is going to be getting out to a quick start. But here's the thing, I think, if you're Weaver State, here's how you spin it. We can't play worse than we played in Missoula. We can't have any more things go wrong from execution to nerves to implosion to injuries. It all went bad for Weaver State. I think you spin it like that. Hey, boys, we already played our worst game. Let's go play our best game. Mm. Uh, By the way, I said that the last that Weaver State's game against Montana was the last game that they lost, which is true. It's also the only game that they lost this season against a, an FCS team. Right. Uh, so, you know, that is that is one thing I think Montana fans should be cognizant of, is if you watched Montana Weber, that's the only flavor for Weber you got, you go, I'm going to dominate Weber State this, right. Saturday, this Friday. Right. 
And like you said, is it possible? Certainly. Sure, it's possible. It, they're also the number three team in the nation. It's not by accident. It's not because people don't know what in the world is going on or what in the world happened in Missoula. In fact, Montana was the number three team in the nation after that game. So that, like, this is an outstanding football team, a very well-coached football team. And I think, my personal opinion, this is going to be football parlance now, okay, contextualized. It's going to be a war. This is going to be an all-out just uh, battle, which I thought it was going to be in Missoula, and it wasn't. It was a one-sided battle is yep. what it was. Yep. I think this will be a two-sided battle on, on the, Friday. The, the other factor here is that Weaver State has been a top-five team for several years in a row. Mm-hmm. They have, I mean, they, people forget they were the two-seed last year. Mm-hmm. They have hit the ceiling this round of the playoffs four years running. Granted, one of those losses was to James Madison, who was the number one team in the country at the time, and they only lost him on a last-second field goal. But last year, Weaver got ran out by Maine. Maine obliterated Jay Constantine. I, mean, I think they had eight sacks in yeah. the game. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. 2-Tell-Nuanas, ESPN Radio, going through the uh, four quarterfinal playoff games in the FCS with one question about each. Of course, we are extrapolating a little bit. Let's go to the Montana State-Austin P game. Bozeman, Montana, 6 p.m. Friday night. This game, by the way, all th- three of the four games are on ESPN television f- platforms. Montana State's game is not. It's on ESPN 3. The reason it is on ESPN 3 and the reason it is on Friday, from what I understand, is because of Bozeman's request, Montana State's request, to have the game moved to Friday because graduation is on Saturday. Now listen, you got a lot of students graduating even in in a December commencement at Montana State. They're in the Brick Breeding Fieldhouse. If you know the layout there, it's very close. There's a lot of shared parking and everything like that. And look, a university graduation is a big deal. I understand the logistical nightmare that that would ensue if you had these two events happening on the same day or at the same time. I mean, crazy. So I understand that. I also... If there isn't a way to stagger them, like if you can move it a whole day, can you not move it a few hours? Could you not move up commencement to, I don't know what time it starts. Maybe it's a 10, 11 a.m. Couldn't it be at 9? No. Here's the thing, though. No academic institution is going to move graduation for a football game. Even if it's a football school, it's not happening. Sure. Sure it could. It's, Why? It, it could. It's not. It's not happening. Okay. Here's all I'm saying, though. 
That's fine. You have to remember that people that work on campus, by and large, don't like football. That's not accurate. Man. It's not accurate. There's both There's there's both end in this thing. Here's all I'm saying. <laughs> not at, what you I'm have saying a, is not at Montana State. You have an opportunity to... What's the difference between being on television and being on ESPN3? Being exposed to everybody, just be in virtue of being where you are, or being in a place where people have to come find you. I mean, you are reducing your audience by by thousands of percent. Isn't it ironic, though, that even being on ESPN3 makes it easier to watch the games than when the Cats and the Grizz are on the road and it's not on SWX? That's no doubt. But by the way, it's not just on... I mean, I think you have to have ESPN3. You have to be or a plus, like a subscriber to get this. As opposed to every bar in America on a Friday night when there's no other football on. Why is it on this? This is the show. that There's no college football. There's the Army-Navy game on Saturday. That's it. And these four games, and you took it off of a national platform so that you would not have this logistical conflict. And again, I'm not sitting here saying right, wrong, or indifferent, but what I am saying is you had an opportunity to have a stage that any university in America would just drool to have. What your game, that's it, that's all out there. And now it's going to be on, on online on Friday night and the only people that are going to see it are the people who are really actively engaged in what's going on. And that's what it could have been from a marketing, from a branding, from an exposure standpoint. Well, that's there's, a, there's a whole other conversation we could have, and we'll do it later on this week. Because I do think that it's been stupid and foolish that the NCAA, I mean, all the playoff games were at the same time last week except one. Why not stagger them? Right. Right, especially this time of year. And I, yeah, regardless, we'll get into it later on this week. Let's talk about this exact question, though. You have an Austin P team that's in the playoffs for the first time ever, a team that has struggled mightily throughout its history, but then has somehow and surprisingly gotten a roll in the last couple of years. And now here they are, the guys that are seniors on this team. They went zero and eleven their freshman year, and now yeah. they have Missouri, Ohio Valley championship rings and eleven wins, and they're coming to Bozeman, Montana. They are. They define the phrase playing with house money. Whereas Montana State, though, here's the ironic part. When you talk about the looming giant that is the the tradition and legacy of your program, that is so omnipresent with the Grizz. Because to say, to chase one of the great seasons in school history, it's it's Final Four bare men, but more like FCS championship game appearance and or national title to be in that conversation. To be a part of the legacy of guys like John Edwards and Dave Dickinson. Yeah. At Montana State, they're playing with house money too. You 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 win this game. You're one of the great teams in the history of the school. Here's the thing though to me for Montana State. You get somewhat unexpectedly an, a second home game, or at least yeah. from an upset that happened elsewhere. They have taken the next step of of getting uh, a a buy. Of, of obtaining an autom- automatic bad to the round of 16 and now being in the quarterfinal, which is the furthest that they've been in terms of the playoff rounds under Jeff Choate. Yep. They're favored to win this football game. Yep. And if they win it, almost certainly, and we'll talk about it, they will have another chance to play North Dakota State. And nobody, quote-unquote, wants to play North Dakota State. But if there's one team and one coach that does want <laughs> to play North Dakota State, it's Jeff Choate. Because I think that there's two. Yeah, well, right. yeah, I mean, maybe Bobby so. Bobby Houck said his selection show. I'm mad we're not on the same side of the bracket as North Coast yeah. State because I want to play him. Yeah. A lot of it was was bloviating and sure. boasting, but still, but I think that both these schools do. But the difference is, 
Montana State played and didn't lose, got blown out. I mean, got got straight run out of the building in Fargo. I mean, they gave up three 100-yard rushers before the halftime. So the point is, is did they play their best game? Of course they didn't. We talked about some of the the, the mental and physical just weariness of of uh, in going in that game. The point is, is that 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 game also exposed Montana State and it showed Jeff Choate up close and personal the gap that existed between North Dakota State and and Montana State and basically the rest of the country. And he wants to, I mean, his his explicit goal is to close that gap. To the point where there is no gap, yep. and to have an opportunity to go head to head again with that football team gives you a chance to say, "Look at what we can do. Look at no, no, no. We're not afraid of this juggernaut that is the Bison and all all that." So I think it would be potentially a really fun and a hugely intriguing football game if it were to take place. And in that respect, this game. This game is is sort of a weird one to me for Montana State because they do have the house money from the legacy standpoint to an sure. extent that you're talking about, but I don't think the players feel that. I think the players feel like we have to go get this thing done so we can have another shot at the Bison. But when you're playing a team you've never seen before, you got you didn't even know Austin P was a, a, a school, and now all of a sudden you're trying to game plan for them who just wiped Sacramento State, who, by the way, did beat Montana and did beat Montana State. This is a good Austin P football team. This is a very intriguing game, and I would say, I don't know, you wouldn't say scary, but it is one that would come should command everybody's attention uh, when it comes to, to Montana State getting ready for this football team because they, they're they a matchup for, these, for the Bobcats. Yeah, the matchup element of it is very interesting because Montana State didn't play Portland State and they didn't play Eastern Washington this year. And those are two of the most mobile quarterbacks in the league. And Eric Berry and Davis Alexander are the two quarterbacks that remind me the most of Javon Craig. Montana State's defense has been so exceptional this season. I don't know how they match up against that style of guy. You, conventional wisdom would say, well, because they have great personnel on defense. I mean, mm-hmm. they just have a bunch of really good players. I mean, mm-hmm. they got five all-league all guys on, I mean, first-team all-league guys on defense, if Troy Anderson could play. Uh, but, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the, the logistical matchups, but I, I do think that it, the question is, is Austin P really hot enough to come in and knock off Montana State? M- my answer is no. But, I'm just as blind to Austin. I've seen Austin P play one football game in my right. whole life. Right. And, and they left no doubt. It was pretty good, right. Uh, Two more questions because I know we got to get out. Yeah. Number, number one, Illinois State and North Dakota State. What has to happen for NDSU to lose? And conversely, will James Robinson live through Saturday? Because James Robinson is the exceptional running back from Illinois State. They had an injury at quarterback. They've given this young man the ball 80, count them, 80 times in the playoffs already. 37 times for 210 yards in a, in a huge win over South Dakota State last weekend. Rushed for 297 on 39 carries the week before. So, can the wheels stay on for another week? He's obviously an unbelievably talented yep. guy, but I just think that <laughs> the guy's going to need an ice bath. If they give him 35 carries in the Fargo, the, don't ouch. The... the uh, Going into Fargo, in any case, is always going to be an uphill battle. To go in really very explicitly one-dimensional in an, in your offense, that is a recipe to me for a disaster. I do not see a way in which Illinois State... be. I mean, there, I wouldn't see a way anyway, but especially in this scenario, no, no. I mean, great as your running back could be, I... 
you're not just going to can the ball off 45 times and beat North Dakota State. Just well, not going to And happen. Illinois State's exceptional on defense. They have one of the best pass rushes in the country, but Trey Lance is one of, if not the hardest quarterback in the country to sack this year. I mean, yeah. The right, your freshman from North Dakota State. He's got almost 1,000 yards rushing. Northern Iowa at James Madison. Same question, more or less. James, Northern Iowa coming off a great win over South Dakota State. And uh, uh, they uh, head over to James Madison. Can they knock off the Dukes? James Madison is going to have a, a significant athleticism advantage in this game. James Madison is going to have a significant athletic advantage against every single team that they play. They, they have gone all in on the FBS transfer route. They've done a really good job of getting guys that aren't necessarily problem guys, guys that that neck of the woods, you have so many programs that by and large have been pretty mediocre. So you got guys that could just be disgruntled with their situation and just want to win. I mean, think about how bad programs like Old Dominion and you know, th- I mean, that whole little area, Virginia has struggled. Virginia Tech's not nearly as good as they used to be. So you can get all those ACC-type drop-downs from Maryland and that whole area. There's just programs that haven't been as good. And I think kids these days, you can sell winning to kids because if you win at a high level, you're on ESPN2 like James no Madison's going to be. But on the flip side of this, Northern Iowa is really, really good on the lines, both their offensive and defensive lines. That gives you a chance against anybody. And also... Mark Farley is an FCS playoff veteran. I mean, he's been in the playoffs who knows how many times. He's been in Northern Iowa for 20-plus years, and he's been in the playoffs a lot. So he knows how to navigate these sorts of games. And Northern Iowa, they are 0% scared to play an ugly game. And I think that's the way to beat James Madison is just how they won last week, 13-6. to six. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. keep it down, sit on the clock, make it ugly, force turnovers, do the best you can. So we'll see. I think James Madison is almost a three-score favorite in that game, and I think that that's the right line. But I think that James, I think Northern Iowa has a better chance of beating James Madison than Illinois State does of North Coast State. Now, uh, not some crazy proclamation there, but I, I just that's just what I think. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, there you go. It's a fun day, Tuesday. We're only three days away, man. It's crazy. Uh, by the way, want to let you guys know this is cool. We're excited about this. But uh, Coulter and perhaps myself, but certainly the show, no matter what. It's going to be live Friday from the Rockin' R Bar in Bozeman, Montana. It's going to be a lot of fun to be down there uh, doing, you know, aren't we ever get to do the show on game days for crying out loud? I know. Because it's, you know, well, Saturday is game day. I know and now we it's got on people Friday. out there right now watching yeah. on the TV in Bozeman or other areas around Montana that might be coming to Bozeman. Yeah. Swing by. Out. Yep, swing well, by. I mean, the thing is, it's leading right up to kickoff. So if, yep. you, if you want a drink, or they have great food there, too. Hamburger, great. Great hamburger. So get come on all. down and see us. Yep, come on down to the Rockin' Arbor Bar and hang out uh, as you get ready for uh, playoff football on uh, under the lights in Bozeman MT on Friday. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. 
The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good evening, Brian Tutel, Colton Juanas. Here's some sports news for you. The University of Montana football and women's basketball teams had departures over the past week. Grizz redshirt freshman wide receiver Jesse Owens and Lady Grizz junior combo guard Sammy Fatkin are no longer with their respective programs. Owens is a 5'9", 169-pound wide receiver. He earned Class AA Offensive MVP honors as a senior at Billings West. He hauled in 71 passes for over 1,100 yards and 13 touchdowns to help the Golden Bears to the state AA title. He was also a first-team all State basketball player and Montana's offensive scout team player of the year this past fall. He entered the NCAA transfer portal on December 5th, as first reported by Skyline Sports. Fatkin, who is a former three-star recruit who began her career at the University of Arizona, left the Lady Grizz last week, Skyline reported, on December 6th. That was Friday. The Samambas Washington native played her freshman year for the Wildcats before transferring to Montana. She sat out the first semester of last season, but played in the second half, starting the final 15 games of the year. In six games this season, Fatkin played about 16 minutes per game, averaging 5.5 points per contest. A pair of bareback horse riders from the Bitterroot Valley earned money at the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas Monday. Caleb Bennett of Corvallis was fourth to earn $11,000 in recent Stevensville transplant. Richard Champion was sixth. He got over $4,200. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Selections have been made across the uh, state prep level. Tell her a little bit about that. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you here on this Tuesday evening. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, online at KurtzPolaris.com. You can find us on the social medias, people, at 1029 ESPN on Twitter and Instagram. Also on Twitter at Gus Tutel, yours truly. Eskelin Sports MT, this man over here, breaking news all over the place. Pay attention to that. You want to know what's going on? Uh, it is time now for our prep extra segment. It is brought to us by the Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Coulter, uh, we're not going to sit here. If you, if you want to hear the exhaustive list in terms of everybody that's uh, the owner bridge list, it's a long one because it's like it's it's the first team is actually double. It's like a double roster of, uh, of kids that are playing. So, for instance, Tommy Mallott, who is the offensive MVP, is first team, but so is Josh Erbacher, a quarterback from Billings West. And so there's two guys on the first team all-conference uh, or all-state football team. So it's a long list. There's a lot of kids that are on it. But not surprisingly, Tommy Mallott did end up earning, by the way, MVP. And he is uh, 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 the quarterback from Butte, Montana. He's headed to Montana State. And, uh, you know, we watched him play in the state championship game. Obviously, Obviously, that game didn't go the way that he wanted it to, but you see, you know, why this kid is an all-state selection and now the MVP, which is outstanding. Asher Croy also playing in that football game. He is headed to the University of Montana from Bozeman. 
333 yards. Hello. In that football game, the state championship came in three scores. He was, uh, well, unstoppable behind a, a really strong offensive line for Bozeman. Uh, and he is on this list as well. No surprise there. But Coulter, you got a couple of guys I know that you have been keeping your eye on, keeping tabs on that are headed to the next level and uh, that are also on this list. Yeah, highlight a couple kids in terms of their accomplishments for this year before they start their college careers, and then a couple other guys who I think are some big-time prospects. First of all, Jackson Lee was named first-team All-State as an athlete out of Missoula Sentinel. He's going to the Grizzlies. Raleigh Wooster, also a first-team All-State selection as an athlete. He's going to Utah State to play basketball out of Missoula Hellgate. Uh, One kid that I'm really interested in to see where he goes is Demarcus Carr. He's a running back from Billings West. He's first-team All-State each of the last two years. He is lightning in a bottle. He's so fast. To my knowledge, no one's pulled the trigger on an offer, and Mm -hmm. I don't know why because he has all of it. And so then you wonder, is it a grades thing because is he a non-qualifier or partial qualifier because the kid is, I mean, he's everything you want. He's not not crazy big or anything, but, I mean, he's he's big enough. He's 5'10", 195 probably, and he's he's a competitive sprinter, and he's got real deal speed, so... Uh, Asher Coy, you mentioned him. Drew Deck from Glacier had a great senior year. He's coming to the Grizzlies. Connor Ryan uh, from Billings West, he's going to Montana State. He was also first team All State. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball, um, Connor Ryan was also first team All State selection on defense. Carter Ash is a kid that I talked about extensively. He is a really, really good DB and punt returner. I don't know if he has like the craziest speed. But the kid had 10 picks this year, and he yeah. also took five punts to the house. Pretty good. That's the type of kid where I don't really care what he runs on the clock. Just, just get him in your program because right. you just develop him, right? I mean, if he's not fast enough now, it doesn't mean he's not going to be fast enough in two or three years. Just get him in there. I, I just thought, I watched him live twice. I thought he was exceptionally competitive. Well, you know, it's weird too, man. And this, this, I think this applies at all levels, but... There's speed and then there's speed, you know? And some guys are just incredibly fast. And look, if you're, you know, at the NFL level, if you're a 4-3-something guy, that's what you are. Nobody's arguing this. There's other guys who, because of their angles and their anticipation and all that stuff, they cover ground better than anybody else. And that's, you know, you think about that from a defensive standpoint. But also, some of these punt returners, I mean, Jerry Louis McGee is not going to win a sprint against a whole bunch of wide receivers in college football in terms of just getting on the mark and saying, go. He's fast. There's there's faster guys. But nobody... No, there are. Jerry Lou McGee ran 4-4-1 his very first day at Montana. Uh, We'll see if he can do it uh, in an AccuTrack, whatever. But I'm just saying... I know what you're saying. But my point... Is Tremaine Johnson ran a 4-5-5 at the combine. And he is... uh, What what you're saying is that... Like Cooper Cup. There's a great example. They ran four six two at the combine. It don't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. No, and and for for a punt returner especially, your instincts combined with your change of direction capability and just your your balance that stuff is far more important than than winning the foot race. You know, and which which obviously also matters. A couple other guys I want to highlight: Dylan Rollins is an offensive lineman out of Missoula Sentinel. And he's the son of Josh Rollins, who played for Montana State, and mm. his brother, Byron Rollins, currently plays at Montana State. But Dole's been getting some pretty big interest. He hasn't gotten full-fledged offers yet from the big schools, but he went on a, a visit to Oregon State. He's been getting recruited by Arizona State. It's been... we Josh and I were talking about this, because he's a friend of mine. I could not think of a guy that's from Missoula that went to a FBS program 
a recruit for, for football. There's been guys that have gone for basketball, but I could not think of a guy in the last 25 years that have gone to a Power 5 for football. There's been guys from Montana that have yep. certainly done it. But if Dylan can continue to progress, I mean, he he's 6'5", 270, as a junior, yeah. so he's got the frame and the build. He, he's just a, he's a really intriguing prospect. And the last kid I wanted to highlight is Kenneth Iden. He was the defensive player of the year as a junior out of Bozeman High. He's one of the most fascinating prospects that I've seen because his production is out of this world. He had 41 tackles for loss. Both games I saw him play as a strong end, he had 15 tackles. I mean, four or five tackles for loss, multiple sacks. But he's six foot two twenty five. And he's gotten looks and, and letters from Iowa, Iowa State, and, and all around Montana. And he, he's self-recruiting himself amazingly. I follow him on Twitter. He's getting his name out there. He's getting his film out there. He's doing it all. But I just don't know what position he plays at the mm-hmm. next level. So maybe he is a guy, though, because Brad Daly's only about six foot one, 225 pounds, too. We know what happened there. I mean, he got 40 sacks in Montana State, won the Bucks. So yeah. we'll see what the kid does. But um, I, I love kids like him who are helping themselves out. He's, he's recruiting himself. And that's what you got to do this day and age if you're from Montana. No doubt. Uh, go ahead. Check it out online. You can just, uh, you know, Google Montana All-State football and uh, and get the list there, but congratulations to all the kids uh, out there playing across the state of Montana. It uh, uh, was a fun, fun season uh, on the gridiron. This is our Prep Extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Hey, how do you plan to finance Christmas this year, huh? Forget those high-interest credit cards. Apply for a holiday loan at Farmer State Bank. Count on fast approval times and low interest and easy payments, OAC. That's from Farmer's State Bank. Make your Christmas merry. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Go now to the Rangers Brothers RV full line. We welcome in the aforementioned play-by-play man for Austin P's football team. They're rolling into the quarterfinals, headed to Bozeman on Friday night to take on the Montana State Bobcats. Brian Reeves joins us from the ESPN in Clarksville. Brian, how you doing, man? Great to be with you. We appreciate you being with us. No, I appreciate you guys being flexible. Nothing like uh, planning out your uh, sixth-grade daughter's band concert uh, Mm. prior to a radio hit, so... Uh, Got to make the wife happy. The mom ain't happy. Nobody's happy. So I appreciate you guys being flexible with me. Hey, we understand that. Plus, it's an hour later where you are anyway. And so, uh, you know, you're starting to work, work into the family time there on that one. So I appreciate that. Although I would say 
I'm sure your daughter's great at it and all that. Sixth grade band recitals showing up a little late isn't all bad, Brian. You know what I mean? That's one thing I've noticed over the years as I've been in attendance at these events. Uh, earplugs are in the pocket. Back row, back row will be occupied. Very good. Well, hey, Brian, help us out here a little bit. I mean, we, Coulter and I watched the, the Austin Peay Sacramento State game last weekend. Completely impressive. And as you look at the schedule, this is an 11-win team, an outstanding club. But again, for a lot of people across the state of Montana, they don't know a lot about Austin P. We talked with Coach yesterday, and uh, and he was great and intriguing. But you, as a guy who gets to observe this, is very you know calls the games and all that. What should we know about this football team and this program? You should know that this is a program that seven years ago owned the longest national losing streak on the FCS level at zero and thirty eight, and then about six to seven, five or six years ago. Uh, you had a new president come into Austin State University that laid the, the smack down and put an emphasis on athletics across the board. Five years ago, opened up a brand-new football facility, uh, entered the Will Healy era, who made a commitment to go out and recruit at as vibrant as a young coach as you could have. So this roster has his fingerprint on it, but this team has the Hudspeth trademark. This is a gritty, tough, defensive-minded football team that can score points on you, and that's been the trademark all year. You know, we rewrote the record book, 508 points scored so far this season, but the six-ranked defense uh, against the run, uh, top 15 national total defense, it's, it's just been a ride that I never expected when we cracked the mic to open this season, but it's been a fun one to be a part of. Brian, thanks so much for being with us. One of my favorite parts about covering the FCS playoffs is learning about schools and football programs from the other side of the country. And I had honestly never heard of Austin P until uh, two years ago when Austin P had a really great season. And then I never had really watched them play, but then started prepping on them a little bit for my other gig at Skyline Sports when they were about to play Sacramento State. And, you know, I thought playing a traditional power in Furman that Austin P wouldn't even make it out of the first round, but then they did. But tell us just about... Didn't make it out. Hammered, hammered, hammered for yes. hammered Sac State. But tell us about just the school in general, because one of the one, number one things that jumped out to me was that Austin P was once upon a time in the Pioneer Football League. And if you know anything about the Pioneer Football League, really high yep. academic institutions. What's the academic landscape like at Austin P? Where does it fit into the Clarksville community? What's the school like in general? Well, let me remind you that when we were a Pioneer Football League team, we were a non-scholarship football program. Right. We had an administration in the mid-90s who wanted to drop football at completely, uh, but was convinced to allow us to play non-scholarship. So we still had some young men who basically came for for no better term than the love of the game uh, and then reinstituted scholarship football in the late 90s and now have built it back to where we are today. Uh, we are the fastest-growing public institution in the state of Tennessee. Uh, enrollment was just announced last week at over 11,000 students. That's a new high for this institution. We are very heavy on the academic side in the land of education. A lot of your public school teachers will come from Austin Peay State University. And we have an incredible nursing program. We get kind of an overflow from Fort Campbell, Kentucky, uh, with a lot of military families, a lot of the military spouses. Uh, they'll come through Austin P. And their emphasis has always been on the nursing and the medical field. Uh, so we get a lot of byproduct from good old Uncle Sam bringing some quality folks through Fort Campbell as they're just about 20 minutes up the road from us. We, I will dare say, our Military Appreciation Day will rival those at West Point and across some of the academies. We, we have a deep love for our men and women who serve this country, and it's always been a great partnership with Austin P. and we try to spread that message as well. 
Brian Reeves joining us. He's the play-by-play uh, radio guy for uh, Austin Peace football team on an incredible run right now and really rolling through people. We we kind of see the style that Austin P likes to have. Like you said, they're a sixth in the nation against the run, holding teams about 91 yards a game on the ground, which is impressive. And, uh, and, and you know, a really re- well-rounded football team as well. Talk to us about a couple individual players, though, that we should really keep an eye on and that we, you know, need to be aware of as we take a look at this game on Friday night. We're getting a team from Tennessee, so you know you got to have a great Tennessee name. And the first one that will jump off the page, the defensive tackle, is Josepha Smith. There you five go. Foot nine, yeah, there you go. Five foot nine, 300 pounds. He's five foot nine in tall cleats on concrete. That's a very <laughs> generous number. But the thing about Josepha is he rewrote the record book for us. 17 and a half tackles for loss this season. He is as quick off the snap of a football as any interior lineman I've seen in a long time, regardless of the level. He's not going to outrun somebody. He's not going to chase down a back sideline to sideline or go beat somebody to the boundary. But you get him off the ball, he disrupts the backfield, and that's been a big piece to him. And then the second piece to us is on the defensive back end. That's Cordell Jackson. Finished sixth today uh, in the Buck Buchanan Award. Uh, seven interceptions on the season. We, we, you know, we, we questioned why teams would throw at him throughout the season. Uh, Cordell's just a shutdown guy. Uh, Fifth on this team in tackles, has two and a half sacks on this year as well. Just one of those guys that's not afraid to stick his nose in and play run defense as well as go cover your best receiver. So with Josephus on the front end, Cordell on the back end, this defense has been stout all season long. You know, Mark Husbeth there, I think he was after the second touchdown, but still early in the game, first quarter, says run it back. We're running an onside kick, unexpected. It's it's not yep. a trick play, but it's a surprise play. Certainly a high-risk, high-reward deal that worked out for his club, and you get a 21 nothing lead, uh, you know, 10 minutes into the football game. Is that something that he is, is, is... Did he bring that out just for one time, or is that something that he's about and always looking, you know, maybe to do a little bit of the unexpected, and what are you looking for in, from in that respect on Friday? That was the first onside kick attempt we had this season. It's also the first onside kick attempt we've had in over three years. So wow. that just tells you the idea of the point of the guy. We also threw out a lot of wild gov or wild cat as it's normally known, a formation where Javon Craig, who is our starting quarterback, would slot out as a receiver, and Benico Harley, who actually came to Austin P as a quarterback, but in a very crowded quarterback room, found himself as more of an H-back receiver type. So we've ran some different things. We'll throw some things at you offensively. Uh, but that's the point where we are. You know, this is uncharted waters for Austin Peay State University. We're going to the third round of the FCS playoffs. We've never been this far. We've never made the playoffs. We hadn't won an OBC championship since 1977. So at this point, why not? Why not just play uh, to the wall and give them everything you've got, throw a formation out. If it works in practice and you like the way it looks and it gets these young men energized and fired up, because let's be honest, this is week 15 or 16 of the games, and plus your practice, plus your summer conditioning. These guys are exhausted. So whatever you can do to put a little pep in the step and get life on the field, you do it. And as you said, up 14 nothing, take the onside, and let's not forget the importance of that drive. That drive had stalled, and it was fourth and two. Governors go for it on fourth and two, and it turns into a 40-yard touchdown run for Benico Harley, the backup quarterback, the wild gov, if you will to put us up 21 nothing at that point, I'm not sure Sacramento State knew how to answer what we were throwing at them. 
You mentioned Josephus Smith. Love that guy. I He popped on film right away to me when I was watching the Sac State game, and then I went and looked at his mugshot, and he's got the big beard. He's got a, he's got a future in pro wrestling, I think. I want to ask you, though, about the coaches that have laid the foundation for this thing, because you mentioned Will Healy, and people around Montana, if they dig into their memory bank, will remember Will Healy as the quarterback for the Richmond Spiders the year that the Montana Grizzlies yes. lost in the 2008 National Championship game to Richmond. And Will Healy had one of the most rapid rises through the college football ranks. I mean, he was the head coach at Austin P when he, maybe even in his late 20s, but certainly early 30s, and they got the University of Charlotte job, and he's got them in a bowl game. But first of all, what sort of foundation did he lay for this run? And second of all, how has Mark Hudspeth been able to come in in his first year and engineer this great run by Austin P? Healy's impact on this program was going into the living room and winning the recruiting war. And that's as plain and simple as I can say it. You know, we are in the Ohio Valley Conference. The giant, as you said, in the Ohio Valley Conference is Jacksonville State, Southeast Missouri, Eastern Kentucky, who has a couple of national championships at this level. So we've always been trying to get to the top of that mountain. Defeated all three of those teams this year. But that impact comes from Healy's ability to go into a room, go into a living room, and win a recruiting war. For that same guy that would have thought about, I'd have never thought about Austin P. am going to Eastern. I'm going to SEMO. I'm, you know, I'm going to Chat. I'm going to Wofford or Furman or somewhere like that. Now they're coming to Austin P. So the quality of football player got dialed up with Healy and his. If you've ever met Will or you've seen him, that's him. He is 110% every breath of the day, and he's full bore, full go. Now you've got Hudspeth, who got a plentiful cabinet, if you will, and is able to take his X's and O experience that maybe Will is still learning. He can win the living room, but still got some work to do on the field. Hudspeth has taken that, his on-the-field knowledge, with his runs at North Alabama in the playoffs, his success at Louisiana, Lafayette, now just Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, and put it on this governor's stamp, and, and that's the difference. Taking the talent that Healy built, and now scheming it up with what Hudspeth and his staff have been able to do, that's made the difference for Austin P. Brian, we sure appreciate you being with us. Best of luck tonight at the concert. That is the big, that's the big one on the docket. <laughs> and then travel safe up to uh, Montana. We'll look forward to this game on Friday. It's going to be a blast, all right? I'll be glad for you guys to turn the thermostat up a little bit when we get on the plane Thursday and head that way. But, yes, I'm going to see my favorite French horn player and have a great family night. Guys, thanks for having me with you. Happy holidays. And I appreciate it. Same to you. Appreciate you. Brian Reeves joining us. Again, the voice of uh, the Austin P. Governor's football team does play-by-play for them on ESPN in Clarksville, Tennessee. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia when you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore. You can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 